Welcome, everybody, to episode 106 of the Dodcast. Today, I have a special guest with me. I got Hawk, Hawk's Hoops with me right now. Well, Aaron, but I call him Hawk. Everyone calls him Hawk. And uh, we're going to talk a lot of basketball today, just for anyone that, uh, you know, doesn't like basketball, you might want to leave now. But if uh, you're interested in basketball, like a lot of people that follow me and Hawk are, then tune in. We're going to talk about the upcoming season, some of our picks for the awards coming up, um, maybe some of the rookies that are playing. We could talk about some of them. We can talk about really everything. So if you have any interest in anything NBA related, we're going to get to it today. And uh, I'm excited to get into it. But first, Hawk, I'm going to give you some sec- some time to uh, in- introduce yourself to anybody that doesn't know you already. Well, Dan, once again, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Always excited to talk some hoops with you. Uh, yeah. My name is Hawk, like he said, Aaron, but you can call me Hawk. I'm just a fan who really loves basketball. I have a podcast that I I actually just started a podcast. I used to be mainly live streamers where I have a live stream every week. I'm switching over to a new format, doing more of a podcast style stuff. Uh, I post a lot of TikToks about the NBA. Check out my YouTube, check out my TikTok. But I'm just a fan who really loves basketball. I consume a lot of basketball media. I watch a lot of basketball. I read a lot of articles. I don't necessarily consider myself an expert. I'm not like one of those guys who's, oh, I know it because I played overseas. That's not me. Yeah, I just, I'm yeah. a guy who played in high school and I love the sport and I like talking about it. Yeah, we are, I, and I'm kind of the same way, I guess. So I give myself a little bit of basketball background. I, I played in high school. I love basketball and I've watched too much to not talk about it so it, it would be a waste yeah. if i didn't talk with all the <laughs> all the knowledge that i've the knowledge that i've built up um you know obviously we don't have any uh, nba experts in here like the pat bev podcast or all yeah paul george <laughs> podcast they all got their own they're ruining it for yeah. us um but they're really good actually so I'm, I'm enjoying those but yeah i guess to start i just want to get into some of the I guess the most exciting pieces of the NBA season, wherever that takes us is where it takes us. But I want to know, what are you looking forward to most in this 23-24 season? Maybe it's a player. It's a, like just a random thing. Maybe something that about your life, like, you know, those Tuesday nights you get some hoop. Like, what is it that you're most excited about coming into the season? I'd say, honestly, most excited first, just watching. I'm enjoying the playoffs, obviously. But I'm mm. so looking forward to actual real regular season games, real level of competitions, fourth quarters that matter. Uh, oh, yeah. That is, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing I'm excited to see personally, if I'm going full hype train here, I want to see I love uh, Wimby and I'm sure we'll talk about him. I love Chet. I, I love both of them. I want to see Zion Williamson play healthy basketball. I have, I'm so high on him. And the only reason I continue to be so high on him. Yeah, I know he hasn't played. Out of his four seasons he's been in so far, I think it's like 30% of the games. It's some crazy statistic of how many games he's missed. Mm-hmm. But when he's on the court, like it's absolutely unstoppable. When he's it on is. the court, he's everything that he was hyped up to be. It's just, it happens to only be when he's on the court. Right. And that's I, like that's, once a year. <laughs> that's an incredible, that's an incredible point. I feel like, honestly, for some, like I love hoops, obviously, but Zion's been falling to the back of my mind. And he's yeah. like, the most exciting prospect and when he was especially when he got drafted he was the most exciting prospect we had seen since lebron now we have another one in wemby which is obviously really exciting and chet's a a freak and even scoot's a beast and yeah. like all the, we got some really cool uh athletes coming in and that have still yet to shine but zion really hasn't had a full season to be zion yet it's just is he going to be able to play yeah, but I have no questions about the ability. The best ability is availability. So that is that's true. A, that's a, <laughs> a, the common trope. Another thing would be the um the midseason tournament. Uh, yes. It's 
I'm so I feel like it was like a big deal when they first announced it, and now no one cares anymore. Uh, yeah, but it's it's like a fascinating thing. Like we're adding in an entire like it's like adding in an All Star weekend. It's a huge part of the yes. season now. And yes. I, I I don't know. I think it's kind of getting swept under the rug. What are your thoughts on it? It's definitely getting swept under the rug. I think part of it is because it's because it's new, because it's the first year when it was first announced. Everyone was excited about it. Everyone wanted to read as much as about it to figure out, are these actually extra games? How many extra games is it going to be? Are players going to be motivated? Now that we realize that most of the games are just what would have been regular season games anyway. They just have an extra weight to them, I guess I'll say. Uh, I am excited for the end season tournament. I don't know how many eyeballs it'll get this first year. I think mainly just diehard fans will watch it the first year. But I see what the NBA is trying to do in terms of this could be really big, like five, six, seven. It might take a long time, but a couple years down the line, if the NBA commits to it, this could be a huge thing. And like you said, this is like a second all-star break. This kid has Mm. the ability to be, you know, some maybe some outside the court stuff that they get the TV going, more content for just people to watch and consume. I'm excited about it, and I'm hoping that maybe not this year that teams might uh, care so much about the regular season games that are the group play games. They might just play them like normal games, but maybe a year or two down the line, those games feel almost playoff atmosphere like because teams are taking them more serious. Right. And I wonder, uh, like another thing, the reason I brought it up is because of your whole idea of uh, when you were like, I want to see fourth quarters that matter. Um, yeah. And I did like because that's the that's the biggest issue I think when it comes to very like uh, a, a casual fan of basketball, especially like a, like a very casual fan, someone that like maybe watches their home team once a week. Yeah, I feel like they have a hard time falling into the sport because every you know four out of five games feel like they almost don't matter, and yeah. it, it t- it's hard to even you know you need a very hotly contested fourth, and you need the game to matter for everything to come together, and no no stars taking breaks. Another thing that I'm I'm really excited about coming into this year is I want to be at a basketball game. I feel yeah. like I always forget that these games are happening like <laughs> right down the street. Like I, I live maybe eight minutes out away from the, t- the TD Garden. That's oh, really, wow. Really nice. So I can just yeah. shoot in there. And I've and I was actually recently in Philly and I saw the uh, the 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 well Wells Fargo. Fargo. Yep. yep. I saw Fargo. Fargo. Yep. And the other stadiums are right there. And then the right in the dead middle, you got like Xfinity Live. Yeah. It is that's a good cool, time. That's the coolest setup time. I ever. I, I ever love seen. Philly Sports Complex. It's not to get into the weeds of Philly fandom, but the Sixers are considering and, and proposing ideas to the city of Philadelphia to move their stadium to right on like Broad Street, like right downtown Philly in Center City. A bunch of like the fans like me that are love the way it's set up now are not looking forward to the idea of it because traffic's right. going to be like insane. It's going to be right in the heart of the city. I love the fact that it's like a sports complex off to its own, easy to get to. Yeah, I don't I know if get... people know that. It's beautiful. It's yeah, awesome. It's, it's, it's really great. cool. For a fan, I, at least, you know. Yes, for a fan, and I see why the organization would want to do it because it's easier traffic, um, easier access to public transportation, meaning maybe more access to fans and stuff like. I, I get logistically the idea, but as a selfish fan, I'm like, please stay where you're at. The uh, awards, I guess that would be another thing that we could that we could go to from here. Um, I think that there's a couple awards that I think are, I, I don't know if I if I like talking about before the season starts. For me, that's the the most clutch player. Like that's mm. very year by year. That's yeah. You know, I think even defensive player of the year for me, like 
I have a, it's rarely, unless there's like a Gobert in the league or a Dwight Howard or someone that's just running the award, it's usually kind of like an, a year by year thing. Like there'll be like two guys that emerge, like Mobley kind of emerged last year. Um, you know, agree. Smart when he won, just kind of emerged. Like these guys just emerge. And even Jaron Jackson, I don't think people were like going to have him as their number one. Maybe he was top five, but not number one. Mm-hmm. So I think those are a little bit harder to like guess because um, it could just be someone random. Um, but I think something like rookie of the year, like we got a pretty decent idea of like who, who the three guys that, yes. are. <laughs> uh, MVP is another one. There's probably five guys that you could pick mm-hmm. from and, um, most approved players, the opposite. It's so random that I love to pick, you know, it's like, there's no, yeah. there's no wrong answer there. Yeah. And then there's the uh, NBA champion. So I say, we, we, I say we go through with those four awards. Let's start with rookie of the year. Um, what are your thoughts on that award? So my rookie of the year, obviously you got Scoot, you got Wendy, you got Chet. Yep. I'm going with Victor Wimbanyama. And the reason is, honestly, weirdly enough, I think Chet's going to have a great year. I think Scoot's going to have a great year. I love the, what the Trailblazers were able to quickly do to legit build a team around Scoot like immediately. I don't know if they're going to be a playing team, how successful they'll be, but there are pieces there that make sense on that roster with him. Right. Uh, Chet, in the same breath, he's going to fit on the OKC team beautifully. And the only, not the only, but one of the main reasons I'm, for me, the nod is to Wimby. Because truthfully, I think it'll more so be a two-man race between Wimby and Chet. I love Scoot, but I truthfully think it's going to be a two-man race between those two guys. Wimby's going to be the number one option on this team. So he's going to get more looks. Chet, as much as I think they will try to, you know, get him involved in the offensive stuff, he's not going to be the number one option. That's Shea's team. Mm-hmm. Wimby, that team is now Wimby's. Like just, I did, at least from what they've done in the preseason so far, that team is Wimby's, and every game so far, he's gotten the most shots, and I think that's intentional by design. He's going to have the opportunity to go. Like, if he doesn't win it, it's going to be because he didn't play to his level of play. If he plays the level he played so far in his first couple of preseason games, I think it's his. For sure. I completely agree with uh, pretty much everything you just said. I just – I think I, I might pick Chet as of right now. Uh, I like the pick. I'm not mad at it. And the reason I picked Chet <laughs> – there's really there's there's two reasons. I literally agree with everything you just said, which sounds counterintuitive. But I think the second option on o- on OKC is gonna have more available to him than the first option on San Antonio. Because I, I think I about that. last year with San Antonio, number one option was what Keldon Johnson, and no one talks about like Keldon Johnson. Obviously, he's not <laughs> Wemby, but like but yeah. you know, it's like yeah. the number one option can only do so much with with not that much around him. I think Chet is in a position. Where yeah, Shade is gonna take thirty of those points every game. So like his points per game probably won't be where Wemby's are at, but his efficiency might be so good. And the defense yeah. that they desperately need on the inside with with some height and some good length and, and Chet, I think he's got a chance to to be a, a a legitimate threat as the maybe second or third option behind Giddy as well. Yeah, um, but Giddy and Shea can both pass too. Yes, so that's another thing. Like you know what's his uh, Wemby's has. Vassell and Keldon Johnson, which no offense, they're not 10 assists a game guys. Like it's it, but Shea and uh Giddy can both get you 10, eight to 10 assists in any, any yeah. given night. So I think that they, as, as well as the teams are built for all three of these young guys, I think that Chet is the one that steps into the best situation so far. It's not a huge advantage again, because the other guys yeah. have good situations too, but he has the best one and the best team. So it'll get a lot of eyes and people are excited to look at the Thunder. I think it all is going to come together. Plus the one extra year is huge. 
I think, oh, I agree. It's like you I know, agree. the Ben Simmons thing. It's like, is he really the Ben Simmons, the Blake Griffin? I, I completely agree. I yeah, yeah. The one extra oh year means God. a lot. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin was that too. Oh, yes. my God. No <laughs> way. I forgot about that. That was like a hidden memory in my mind. That was like when I first started watching hoops, like for real. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Yes, he was. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's I think that matters. So in a really tight race with all with the other two as well. I think Scoot's mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, the only reason I wouldn't pick him is because Simons is going to take a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, agree. I love Simons. If I didn't love Simons as much, maybe I'd be more for Scoot. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go Chet. Honestly, in a little way to be play devil's advocate, because I could totally see Wemby. I could 100% see that. And I went back and forth with this for a while. And everything that you said about Chet come, came to mind. And I even thought, well, it might be Chet because the Thunder are going to have a better record. Like, they should have a better record. I they believe should. the Thunder at the very least, will be a play-in team. Um, and but then I went back and forth, like, well, it's rookie of the year. They might, like, take some of that away from him because he's on a good team. I'm, I'm curious to see how the voters, or how the season plays out and how the voters look at those two guys. Yeah, I just want to vote. I think I should yeah. get a vote, honestly. I, I, want, <laughs> I agree. I want a vote or I want, uh, I want the YouTube media to get a vote together. That's I want, it. like... Yeah, Kenny Beecham, let all those guys vote. Let them vote because they are better than these other guys, I think. I don't think we're far from that. I don't don't think think we're far from where where Kenny Beecham has a vote. I don't think we're far from that. Kenny was on Stephen A's podcast. Like He's like a real analyst now, which is so funny because I grew up watching him play 2K. So it's just like, yes, but he's a real analyst, you know, and I'm sure like if Chris Smooth felt like doing it, he could too. Like some of these other guys that like, you know, played basketball video games are now actual analysts out there, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's the direction of the world, I guess. But on to the other awards. Let's go to MVP next. Who is your MVP choice? Obviously, MB just won. So congrats for you guys. I know you guys are probably <laughs> pumped about that. But uh, who's your pick for this year? My pick for this year is Nikola Jokic. Uh, I think it was he was obviously it was a neck and neck run for most of the year with him and Embiid last year. I think the reason that Embiid ended up winning is because in around like March, late February, April-ish, the, I won't say the Nuggets fell off, but they were losing games that they shouldn't have. I think oh, Jokic so. maybe took his foot off the gas a little bit, which turned out to be the right idea because he went full <laughs> throttle in the playoffs. Like, it makes right. sense. Um, and there was this, oh, well, do we want to give him three in a row? Like, is he bird? Like, I think those were a lot of the thoughts and voters and people's minds and a lot of the conversation, which could lead to why Embiid's win was controversial. But now all that's out the window. It won't be the third in a row. He's off of a uh, championship year. And the other reason I think it could be Jokic, because I don't think he's going to take a step back in his game. Like, he's still going to be Jokic. He might not try as hard, because maybe he doesn't feel like he has something to prove. But even without him having something to prove, if you ask me, he's like the best player on the planet. Like, there's nothing Mm -hmm. he can't do on the court. And every other team... Not every other, but a lot of the teams, like when I think of like Giannis as a candidate, well, it, they might give him a knock because he had a dame. Right. Teams don't like voters don't like that type of stuff. You think of Joel maybe being back in the conversation. It's true. I don't even know what that Sixers team is going to look like if James Hart is not there. He might not have it just it might not be the same. You think it maybe either like Jason Tatum was in the running. Well, that team added new pieces too. Yeah. Luca, people love to throw his name in there. You got to win at least a certain amount of games to be there. And totally it's still question mark. So the Nuggets didn't really do anything to add to their team, so they still have their core. So if they're at the top of the Western Conference, which I think they will be again, it's going to be because of Nikola Jokic. I don't see why he couldn't go out and win another MVP. The math all makes complete sense. The math all makes complete sense. And um, 90% of me is with you. 
<laughs> but I think if I'm going to get an MVP wearing a green jersey, I think this is the year. I think Tatum I, I, I would agree with that. go do it this year, actually. <laughs> and I haven't felt that way about him. And I'm, I'm, I've never been a huge Tatum guy, like being a Celtics fan, which is funny to say. I've just never been huge on like it's just this past year and a half. I really like, all right, this is our guy. This is my, like, he's a, he's my guy right now. And I think with the pieces around him, I know there's a lot of them <laughs> that it can take a lot of points away, take a lot of things away. <laughs> but if he, I think there's, I'm going to hinder it on one thing. It's Jokic is my pick, unless Tatum is starting at the four. If Tatum is our, Second tallest player on the court in the starting lineup. I think that's gigantic because I've seen this kid rebound. He can go get yeah. ten. He can go get ten plus a game. I don't with disagree with Porzingis that. out out in the three point line. He don't rebound. No one rebounds. It's just going to be him in there for like at least thirty minutes of the game. I think that is way bigger than people realize. If Tatum is averaging a double double next to the name Jay Tatum, people are going to be like, "What the hell?" And it's, I think that alone, yeah. the optics of that will just scare people into being like, yeah, yeah, he totally is the MVP. Look at his, look at his numbers. He's averaging a double double. Tatum of all people, because he last year in the playoffs, his numbers went up in the, with the rebounding when he needed mm-hmm. to. And I've seen him get rebounds. He's a monster at it. He's a big dude. And I think if we play him at the four, it frees him up with a more fast paced and open offense. I think the turnovers will go down, the rebounds will go up. The assists will go up, even if the points go down. So yeah. that that's a you know if he starts at the four, that's my pick. I'm watching game one to see what they do, and I'm going to DraftKings right after. And I'm, <laughs> I'm putting money on whoever whoever the deal is. If, if he's at the three, put money on Jokic. If he's at the four, I'm putting money on Tatum. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah, I could just I just see the rebound. The rebounding is the key for me. I, I need to see it, uh, but still, yeah. Now, most improved player. I did not put this on. Any I team. have somebody though, but you have somebody awesome. Yes, right. hit, hit me with your guy. It's a might be a stretch, and it fall, and it's maybe more of looked at as more of a dark horse. I think Obi Topic can get in MIP conversations, mainly because he's with Indiana now. He's with a super dynamic point. He's going to he's going to be in a starting lineup, so he's got just more opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Dynamic point guard and Tyrese Halliburton. The ability to play alongside a big who can also stretch the floor. Miles Turner. Miles Turner was like career high from three last season. I say totally. 37%. So like still on eight attempts. Yeah. It was crazy. Like five attempts, 38%, I think. OB can shoot like league average. And if he can, the way he's played, played in New York and the way I see him could potentially play the, with the Pacers this season, I think he can have an Aaron Gordon type game. Whereas mm. you're cutting, getting to the basket, knocking on open shots, taking, if he buys into it, taking some defensive assignments and guarding some bigger bigger wings on the perimeter. I It's a stretch, and it's a dark horse. I'll admit that. I know it is. Yeah. But I just think with the op- new opportunities he's going to have there and with the team that's there around him with the floor spacing that's going to be there to hit him on open cuts, if he cuts, Tyrese will find him. And that's what's beautiful about that. I think totally. he has opportunity to be MIP. No, that's a great that's a that's a niche pick because too because no it one is. cares about Indiana. <laughs> it is so a that's niche a good pick. <laughs> so that's a good pick because like no one's gonna want to pick that. That's probably a good bet. You betters out there. I think it's yeah. a good bet for you. Um, I definitely have a couple of guys that have that are, are in that vein. The guy I end up thinking of, it's kind of boring, but uh I think Tyrese Maxey actually mm. 
from yeah. what I I feel about him as a player and what I felt about him out of the draft, it was a steal out of the draft. And I just have seen him grow crazy. And I think with Harden out of the way, and because he actually I think he is at this point is in Tyrese's mm-hmm. way. Um, wow, that could he in the preseason game we played against yeah. you guys, he was lighting it up. And I was yeah. like, and he's always had that ability, and he had good stats last year. But I think if he can make a, a leap to an all-star, and if Harden's gone, especially, um, mm-hmm. I, I then I think that he's definitely the the type of guy to go get an MIP. Some of the other guys I was thinking about was like Jordan. Anybody on the Wizards has a chance mm. to win it this year yes. <laughs> because opportunity yes. is ample. Um, I always have liked Devin Vassell. Um, I hope yes. that he gets a little bit more space with Wemby there. Um, and then who's the last guy? I saw someone on TikTok talk about this guy, Jalen Johnson for the Hawks. Um, really yeah. talk about niche with um, yes. a couple of their with John Collins gone. And with the new coaching, uh, they thought that he would be an interesting pick. And I was that's been stuck in the back of my mind. So now I'll be looking at some more Hawks games more intently at that four spot, see what they what they're working with, how he can play. Um, but yeah, then let's get on to the last part. NBA champions for the 2023-24 season. So I'll tell you my finals matchup first. Yeah, I think it's gonna good. be I think I think it's gonna be your Celtics, Better. and I think it's gonna be the Nuggets. Uh, nuggets for all the things I just said about Jokic earlier. The Celtics can be in the finals to me. I think in the main conversation, when you say that is like, well, why not the Bucks? The, the main thing holding the Bucks back for me is new coach, new head coach, high stakes. He just has to figure it out. And not only is it new head coach to the system, it's a first time head coach. I love Adrian Griffin. I know he has a ton of coaching experience and being the lead assistant for teams that have won championships, teams that have made deep playoff runs. I know he knows what he's doing. But it's just when you're a new coach and when it's your job to make, when it's your responsibility to be the one to make the decisions, things can sometimes go left. Celtics saw some of those moments with Joe Mazzulla last year where it was moments where it was like, why didn't he call this timeout? And stuff like it was he actually had a really I don't know if you've seen it, but he had a really good interview with J.J. Redick a couple of weeks ago. And he yeah. addressed the I was known as the coach who doesn't call timeouts. And I liked his logic. And if that logic applies to which was if you haven't seen it, his logic was for the viewers. Um He's the type of coach who believes in his system. And when he sets the system in place, he trusts his guys to implement what they've been working on. But now they've been working on it for an extra year. And I just think the addition to Drew, I'm really high on the addition of Kristaps Rosingas. I think the Celtics can go to the finals. But my pick, just because I, and I could be a prisoner at the moment, but I love the way they play basketball. I think the Nuggets can go back to back. Right. I think, I mean, how, how do you beat that team? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like how do you beat like being a being a basketball guy? I'm I'm very schematic. I, I I've studied the schematics of basketball mm-hmm. like my whole life, and thinking about it, just it feels like hell. Like I feel like I'm growing a tumor when I'm thinking about like how do you defend Jamal Murray yeah. in the playoffs and and Nikola Jokic with the guys they have around him? Like with Aaron Gordon was the perfect. I liked how you brought him up earlier. Oh my gosh, like, I love perfect, him perfect guy for that role and i never would have seen him as that when he was in oh. orlando yeah and then he no. kind of gets there and i'm like that makes so much sense he's the perfect guy <laughs> and um and you know there's a pl- plenty of guys in the rush like that even like christian uh christian braun christian braun brown yeah. i don't know how he brown, pronounced his last yeah. name <laughs> i don't know either but he he looks really good too and they just yep. made good draft picks they're talking really highly about peyton watson who i liked out of the draft a few years back 
good yep. frame, six, seven defends, and he's smart. Uh, it's just like, how do you, how do you beat them? You know, like I don't see the path. I don't think that this switch know. heavy Celtics is like and he doesn't even matter. Yeah. Just take a fade. Like yeah. they don't even care. Like, and that's that's the like crazy thing about the Nuggets and specifically Jokic is it doesn't matter who you put on him. Like that's yeah. the thing. It doesn't matter if it's a if you go switch scheme, the guy's probably too small. If you throw a bigger guy on him, he doesn't look it, but he'll get by him. Like the his yeah. footwork is amazing. Yeah. He has a the Nuggets ran a couple of reverse pick and rolls between Jamal Murray and Jokic in the preseason this year. Mm-hmm. So, like in the, the last game, couple of games, and I'm just watching, and I'm like, "What other teams can run where your point guard is setting the screen for the center, and the center is the ball handler, and the center makes the right pass out of like makes the right read out of that? Like, I don't yeah. know how you guard that. I I don't know if you can, and it's a great point. I think that they're just gonna need someone's gonna have to find them out, or they're gonna have to get beat yeah. on the way because, yeah. like, I mean. I don't see the Celtics being able to like outdo that team. Um, my Celtics, I know them very well. They uh, they don't fare well against great teams. They're mm. good against like players, and they're good against. That's a good point. You know, they're really good against play. Like think about Embiid in the playoffs. Yes, like, that's that's what I'm thinking of. That's a know? good point. Yes, and a couple years back, like the Brooklyn Nets, when we swept them, kind of like surprisingly, like we we're good against because yeah. they all they were were players, was Durant and you know Kyrie and whatever, and we beat them. Like we can take players out, but the Heat beat us. Yeah, and they love to because beat they us play team be- ball because they're a team, and they're not even that good of a team. They just play such good team ball. They're so <laughs> annoying. They're so annoying. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And then the, the Nuggets are like that on juice. Like they're actually like a skilled version of that team ball. And uh, man, I don't know if we'd have that in our bag. It's a new team though. So maybe, I hope, I hope we do. I hope we do. Um, my pick, I guess, mm, I, you know, I've thought about it a lot. And I did this last year too. And it's, it just feels like a stupid pick. Uh I'm just I, I wanna I like the Warriors this year. <laughs> I do. And I don't know why. I think Chris Paul is such an interesting addition for them. It is. Their team is still good. Like it's the same guys. Um, I think the more it's like Clay's only gotten better with time with his recovery. I think people are starting to think he's getting old, which maybe he is, but he's still yeah. getting better than he was last year, you know? I guess because he's coming back from injury. And then Steph's still that guy. And Draymond's interesting, but Kaminga is coming. Uh, he's looked great in preseason. He's, he's looked really good in he's preseason. He's the reason. He's the reason I'm so scared. <laughs> he's coming. And then you got Chris Paul. Like, he's not even that yeah. good anymore. But, like, I know he can orchestrate better than anybody in the league. And when it comes to pacing the second unit, I thought that he's going to be the perfect addition to what they needed they they needed good offense without curry on the floor and they just asked yes. and yes. um well you know we'll see if he can stay where he's at if chris paul sucks take it out the window and i'm going Celtics all the way but <laughs> i really think that the warriors can can come back they only won two years ago you know yeah. it's just two years i think ago. people forget that i do think people forget that it happens all the time it's like the guy that won two years ago no one cares about anymore even the bucks like they won three years ago right is that Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's three that years ago. They won the year before the uh, Warriors did. Yeah, yeah. So like, and people, I feel like like forget that entirely. It's just we're such prisoners of the moment. But uh, so yeah, I'm going. You know, every pick I've done, I've done the soft pick, and then my real pick in the in the background. Soft pick is the Warriors. My real pick is going to be my Celtics. Is uh, just because 
Um, well, I guess you know. Let's get into that. The the Drew Holiday Dame. Oh, Lillard. I love this for you guys. Oh, it's the craziest. It's been the craziest off season for a team that's this good in my life. It, I'm freaking out. It really has. The Celtics, the way they orchestrated their off season was beautiful to me. I I was already high on you guys when you guys added Kristaps Porzingis. I thought losing Marcus Smart was going to hurt at the time, and I'm like, oh, you're you're going to miss him and stuff. I, when the f- trade first came through and it was supposed to be Malcolm Brogdon, I was like, oh, watch out. If they can keep uh, Marcus Smart and add yeah. KP and just get rid of Brogdon. But, and then when you guys added Drew, it replaced what you were missing in Marcus Smart. And if anything, for me, I love Smart, but to me, Drew's an upgrade from him. Yeah. I like Drew offensively a little bit better. To me, he's just, he makes, he will make, I think, better decisions in late game decisions. There, there was a couple of games for the guys, the Boston Celtics, where in the playoffs and in the regular season where for some reason Marcus Smart had the ball. I don't know if it was by design or Smart just <laughs> is that confident in his ability that it was oh. times when he had the ball where I didn't think he should have the ball. Drew won't assume that role and won't try to take that over. And Drew's just as, if not a better defender than Smart. I think you'll miss some of the switchability with Smart, being able to, you look up at Smart's randomly guarding the four and you're not really yeah. worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I love the addition of Drew for you guys. I, I it's it was especially because it was something that I didn't see coming. Like right. I did not think you guys were going to get Drew Holiday at all. I, honestly, I was hoping my Sixers were going to get him, but that oh, didn't happen. Yeah. That would have uh, been that would have been great, I think, for you guys for sure. Uh, you guys could do some defense up at the perimeter, but um, and then yeah. on the flip side, yeah, and then on the flip for the the Bucks. Adding Dame is, is going to be scary. I know. I feel like I downplayed it a little bit when I said the Celtics <laughs> are my team to make it to the finals. Dame and Giannis are going to be scary. Like that is going to be a pick and roll that is unstoppable. We talked about Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic's pick and roll because of the versatility of it, just in terms of how efficient a Dame and Giannis pick and roll can be. I'm scared to see what it can look like. Yeah. Um, mainly because of how far Dame can shoot efficiently. Random stat, I just, but Dame for over threes that were over 30 feet, Dame led the league last year and threes made over 30 feet. Uh, Imagine yeah. a, a pick and roll with Damon Giannis 32 feet from the rim. Like, how do you guard that? You don't. You, don't. you, can't. you either give up the long three to Dame or Giannis is playing three on two, four on five, barreling to the basket. Like there's the yeah, way that team can runway. run. Exactly. The way that team can operate is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's going to uh, be the, phenomenal. The pick and rolls all over the place. Are, like we've got to learn how to defend it because even if Harden stays with you guys for, uh, for whatever's happening with that, yeah, that Harden our pick and roll is good too. Our that Harden and pick too. and roll uh, to me <laughs> is still the best one that's in the league, honestly. Because yeah. and especially if when Harden's finishing, I know his finishing's been a little sketchy, um, but when he's finishing, like like especially mm-hmm. that like close shot range, not layup, not mid range, the close. Yeah. Like, floater when he's yep. hitting those dude there is nothing that yeah. you can do like at least like you know it's a it's kind of like a stupid comment but like you know Jokic, it's like you can be like all right he's slow if we do something we can maybe hustle back to him and then yeah. you have you have something and then you can say all right well Giannis, we want him to shoot three so maybe we can drop and just really fight through the screen or trap it and then mm-hmm. we can get back to him because we don't have to worry about the three-point shot with Embiid and Harden, there actually yeah. is zero. There is no weakness. There's yeah. nothing. 
because especially when Harden's just doing what he's supposed to do, because he's one of the best passers out of the pick and roll that I've seen in the past decade. He can hit step back threes. So as soon as he gets a guy coming downhill next to him, he step back Stop and hit it. Stop it and take it back, yep. And then you can't leave Embiid open for a fade or a roll or a post-touch. You can't let him get any of those yeah. three things because he's perfect. <laughs> and then, and, and and Harden can also pass to like other guys too. So if you do collapse it, Harden's good at getting around. That's why he yeah, led the league in assists last year. So that's still the scariest pick and roll. It's just yeah. now like, but it's just Lillard and Giannis on one court sounds like a fake movie to me. It does. It's like, and I think well, I'm most excited for, for Dame. He talked about this in one of his, I don't remember which pressure it was, but he said all his shots throughout his career have been off the dribble, you know, avoiding the double team, step back. Like they've been tougher shots because he's been by far the best player on the court his whole career. Well, maybe not his whole career, first couple of years on the Marcus Aldridge, but yeah, for the right. prime of his career, he's been the best player in the court. And I, I, I tuned into their first preseason game. I enjoyed watching it. I didn't feel like I got a, a real idea of what mm-hmm. that's fully going to look like. But I'm I'm curious to see how much room Dame has to operate with now teams have to worry about another play, like legitimately have to worry about another player on the court. Yeah, I I have a weird feeling about Dame this year in terms of his efficiency. I know mm. that he'll be more open, but I have a weird feeling that it's not necessarily going to be a huge benefit. I feel like he's one of those guys that thrives off of that he needs exact a tough shot. shot. He needs a tough <laughs> shot. He needs to hit a couple of them. Like, think about his best games. He's getting like I remember in the bubble, first time I'd ever yeah. seen this in my life, he was getting double teamed full court. Full court. Because yeah. that's all that was your only option. And I think he kind of thrived in in that role of being like, there's no one that can stop me on the planet right now. Like I can mm. I can get by two, three, four, doesn't matter. I can t- I can take a shot from 40 feet out if you want. I can go all the way in, whatever it takes. And I do think, and I, cause I know guys that play like this, like when I play basketball, you know, those guys that like, like being contested and, yes. and like when the games ha- higher pace and, you know, more like intense, like they just hit the sh- more intense shots. I know guys like this. And I'm wondering if Dame is, is going to be almost like, especially in the beginning of the season, will he be like taken aback by like, wow, I'm taking a catch and shoot open three. Like, not yeah really. like what is like what's this, that rhythm like for him that's yeah, not his the, normal shot yeah yeah it's like a little strange so i think i could see early season struggles just because of fit like you know the new coach everything is coming together who's going to be the emerging bench pieces to like really solidify the team is it beasley and crowder can they defend still who knows and then dames i could really see especially in the beginning of the season i think he'll figure it out because he's the best perimeter threat outside of curry that's in the league right now and but it's just I could see like a weird struggle of like wait, yeah. I'm too open like I'm I'm too I open get that. right now. There's not enough pressure on me. Like I can just give it to him, you know. Uh, right. So that'll be interesting. That'll be definitely be interesting. And uh, so you also said that you were very interested in the Porzingis addition to the Celtics. Um, why does that like you know light the tree in your head? So what it does for me is it brings a wrinkle to the Celtics that I don't feel like they've had. Mm-hmm. I love Al Horford. I love Rob Williams. I love Grant Williams. I think you guys had a really good front court trio for the last couple of seasons. But what he does is, and while, yes, Grant and Al can stretch the floor a little bit, Przingis just had 
such a good season last year with the Wizards. Like, if you ask me, he had his best. He had a career year for the, with yes, the Wizards did. last year, defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. The ability to shoot, the ability to put the ball on the floor a little bit. Um, I'm not asking him to do a whole lot, but if it's like a pump fake and go, he can yeah. do that. Um, especially in this it, offense. Correct. Especially in this offense with the spacing. The ability, the new wrinkle for the Celtics to have someone who it doesn't have to be all the time. It might only be like once a quarter just to see, to keep them in rhythm, but have somebody you can legitimately give the ball to in the post. Cause I've seen the Celtics say, here, here's the ball, Al Horford, figure something out. And yeah. when I watch it, I'm like, okay, what is Al Horford going to do with the ball, with the ball in the post? So I know Joe Missoula likes to implement post touches because I've seen yeah. him give them to Al Horford. But now instead of giving those touches to Al, those touches are going to Przingis. So it actually is a viable option offensively that a defense depending on who the defender is, might not have to double team and he can pass out of that. Uh, his ability to pass in like the short roll, like he has that ability to catch on the roll, catch at the like free throw line, right in, right, at, right at the top of the key in the paint and hit the corners, hit a cutter, cutting back door. He just adds more dynamic to your front, to your front court that I don't think you guys had in the past. For sure. I think just like having another truly scoring piece yeah. Is going to be interesting. Like, you know, Jalen and Jason were the only like real scorers. Everyone else could score when they were open, but no one was really mm-hmm. like a scorer on this team. It could create. I get that. And it could create. I think Pritchard being able to play helps because I think he can create his own shot too in a weird way. Uh, he's a funny player. I hope he gets he's a looked lot. good. He should get he looks, a lot. He's looked confident. He's yeah. looked confident. Oh, and dude, I've, I good. like that for him. Yeah, he's got a ton of confidence. So he's been great. So hopefully he, he's got it because he has to play because we only have six guys otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> he has to play. Um, God forbid someone gets hurt. That's been my thing. If yeah. someone gets hurt, we need more depth anyway. So if anyone gets hurt on top of this lack of depth, uh, especially at like the forward and the big position, like we have no one that I'm confident in playing over six, seven off of our bench. Like I get that unless you bring off Al and then you just need to get yourself a wing. And then I think you can make it work with Pritchard Al and then a a wing off the bench. Like, I think you could make that work. Um, but man, it's we're, we're thin. We are thin beyond our, after that guys. And that's my, that's my issue. Um, (laughs) anyway, but this is kind of leads me to my, to my next thing. We did get a little bit into the Sixers, but we're going to play a little game. We're going to make uh, you the GM of a, of a oh roster. Of maybe t- we'll do two rosters, and then if I okay. get to it, probably will. But right now, I want you to be the GM of the 76ers. The toughest job in America, if you ask me right now. Because the Harden situation is absolutely insane. For anyone that doesn't know, he, passed, he can't sit out, technically, if he wants. There's like this huge contract issue that I don't know too much about, but I know that like he's either got to go or he has to play begrudgingly yeah. Uh, yeah. or else like he basically will be put into a limbo, like NBA limbo. Yes. Because you yes. guys don't have to pay him, but he can't, but he's going to, uh, he can't go anywhere else. Correct. Um, that is a, that is the, that is literally it. He can't it? even, okay. yes, he can't even sign. Like the rule is so interesting that he can't even sign overseas. Like he couldn't yeah. play professional he, if he decides to sit out for the Sixers and not play, he cannot play professional to basketball without the Sixers approval. Like they would have to approve him signing to a different team or approve him playing, or they can just keep him in limbo in perpetuity, which is That's an insane cool. role. <laughs> he might be done with who? He might be done with who? But uh, so, yeah, so let's make you the GM of the 76ers with that rule in mind. Um, where are you looking to maybe trade Harden? What are some of the pieces you're looking to get? Maybe not specific guys, because I know that can be tough. But 
off the top of your head, but like, you know, what are some things you want to see added if you're losing a Harden? And then maybe other pieces as well. What are some other pieces you'd like dealt? I don't know what your feelings on Toby are or any of these.